Hello and welcome to the podcast for the November 2008 issue of The Lancet Infectious Diseases. Richard Lane here with an infectious disease, I think, and the editor of TLID, John McConnell. Welcome, John. We're going to discuss three items this month. Let's kick off with a review uh, looking at microbicides and HIV. Presumably this is a very important issue because promises or hopes of an HIV vaccine are still some way off. Yes, Richard, in the absence of an HIV vaccine, and I don't think one of those is going to be coming along any time in the foreseeable future, we need some sort of widespread public health measure that can prevent the transmission of HIV. And microbicides looks like it might be the sort of um, the sort of intervention that we can apply. However, the the history of them of their use in trials so far is is somewhat checkered. It's particularly important because quite often in some cultures, women are needing to take control and protect themselves against STIs and HIV infection. That's right, Richard. I think in many societies, women really don't have the ability to negotiate sexual relations, and they need some sort of preventive measure, which it is really within their own will to apply. And the use of my microbicides for uh, vaginal or even anal intercourse looks like it, it might be an appropriate measure. Yeah, and also, John, the review makes very clear that whilst this is a very important area for development, it's also a very complex area, isn't it? Why is that? The trials that have been conducted so far with microbicides, those have actually got to the sort of phase three randomized trial stage. The results of them have really not been very promising at all. And it could well be something to do with the fact that we haven't actually got an accurate idea of the method of HIV acquisition within the vagina. So the microbicides that have been tried so far have been rather non-specific blocking for the entry of HIV. So what we need to move on to, and uh, the, the trials with these new types of microbicides aren't yet completed, uh, in some cases not even started, but what we need to move on to are microbicides which actually incorporate the same sort of antiretrovirals which are found in antiretroviral medications for the treatment of HIV. The theory being that if those antiretrovirals are in the microbicides themselves, then they will kill the virus before it has a chance to enter into the tissue. I think what we conclude, Richard, from this review is that although the results with trials of microbicides yet so far have not been particularly promising, then this is a, an area which deserves a considerable further investigation because there are many, many more types of microbicides that, that we, we could try before we um, even begin to think of dismissing this as a, as a public health intervention. Thanks, John. And moving on to another review, and this is taking a look at hepatitis E, kind of suggesting that hepatitis E, that it's actually becoming more common in urban or developed settings, is that right? Well, I think that is, and I think it's possibly a case of uh, seek and you shall find. Typically, the virus is transmitted through um, food or water. It's transmitted by fundamentally by the faecal-oral routes rather than uh, the other hepatitis viruses such as um, A and C, which are transmitted parenterally through injection or through scratches, even through sexual transmission. But hepatitis E is like hepatitis A, in that transmission is through the faecal-oral route. So it's been, until now, it's been reasonably common in um, developing countries. But now that people have started to look, that they found that it's probably more common in the developed world than we had previously thought. So there is uh, growing evidence of prevalence of hepatitis E in certain populations in uh, the Western world. And I see that pigs seem to be implicated as, as the host of infection here. Well, it does look like that um, pigs may well be the source of many infections. So if you go and do zero surveys of pigs on, on large farms, then you'll find that there's a very high prevalence of hepatitis E 
Hepatitis E has been found in slurry, for examples, which has uh, come from pig farms. However, the chain of events and transmission between the pigs and the people is far from clear-cut yet. So, although it does look like a source of the virus, quite how the virus gets from pigs to people is not established yet. I see as well that older men seem to be a group at particularly high risk. Is there any reason for that that we know of? Well, we, we don't know, actually. Middle-aged and elderly men do seem to be particularly high risk of hepatitis E in the developed world, which is interesting because in the developing world, then typically the people at risk are between the ages of uh, 15 and 35. But also there is a high ratio of male over um, female in infection with the virus. So men are particularly affected whichever part of the world you look in. But in the developed world, it tends to be younger men. But there is a take-home message really in that if we assume that hepatitis E is on the increase in settings where traditionally it hasn't been. If a case of hepatitis is suspected, should a hepatitis E test be carried out? What the authors are suggesting is that in patients who have pre-existing liver disease, hepatitis E can be a very severe infection. So if you have exacerbation of liver disease and you don't know what the cause is, then it would be a good idea to do a test for hepatitis E to see whether that is the uh, organism that's um, making the the patient's liver disease more severe. Let's finish with the leading edge, John, your editorial this month. And this is um, a good old toing and froing concerning the Nobel Prize for Medicine, concerning the scientists who are involved in the emergence of the HIV virus back in the early 1980s. Tell us more, John. What the Nobel Committee have decided to do is to give the Nobel Prize to um, uh, Francois Barsanussi and Luc Montagnier for the discovery of the HIV virus. And they've also given half the prize to a man called Harold Zahausen, who was the discoverer that human papillomavirus caused cervical cancer. But what the editorial concentrates on is the uh, award of the prize for the discovery of HIV. I think there's little doubt that uh, Barsanussi and Montagnier were the, the people who published the very first paper identifying HIV in patients who had AIDS. However, there is some controversy, and what this award does is actually stir the embers of that controversy, over why a American scientist called Robert Gallo didn't share in the prize as well. There was controversy in the mid-80s about who was actually the 